This is the Moira Pentecostal Church Podcast, providing you with sound biblical teaching. New content will be available every week throughout 2015. We hope that you will be encouraged, challenged, and blessed by this ministry. Chapter 1, this Advent season, and we want to read from verse 26 and following. Now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name is Mary. And having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one. The Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. But when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying and considered what manner of greeting this was. Then the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son, and he shall be called His name shall be called Jesus, and he will be great, and will be called the Son of the Highest, and the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. Then Mary said to the angel, How can this be, since I do not know a man? And the angel answered and said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Highest will overshadow you. Therefore also that Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God. Now indeed, Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son in her old age. And this is now the sixth month for her who was called barren, for with God nothing will be impossible. Then Mary said, Behold, the maidservant of the Lord, let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. few stories capture the imagination and the hearts of both children and adults alike as the nativity story, the first advent of our Lord Jesus. Millions the world over at this time will be reminded of that by carol, by card, by word, by sermon, by gifts, by drama. They'll be reminded of Mary and Joseph, of the babe, of the manger, the wise men, the star, the gifts, Zechariah and Elizabeth. The Christmas story involves all of these characters and more, and all of them had a part to play and a tale to tell. And to each and every one of them, it was significant. In fact, it was a life-changing moment for them. And God came to them, every one of them, in a different way for a different purpose. And so this morning, let us review the scene, as it were, and let us examine each part, not all of them, but just some of the players in this, let's examine the part that they played, and let's discover something about God. The title of the message is Five Things Christmas Reveals to Us About God. First of all, that God uses just ordinary people. He really does. In Luke chapter 2, in verse 8. Now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. 
And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling cloths lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace, goodwill toward men. So it was when the angel had gone away from them into heaven that the shepherds said to one another, Let us now go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. And they came with haste, and they found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. And now when they had seen him, they made it widely known, the saying that was told them concerning the child. And all those who heard it marveled at those things which were told them by the shepherds. God entrusted the greatest message with the simplest of messengers, and he often does that. He did not go to Herod's palace He did not go to the priests in the temple. He neither did he go to politicians or prelates or priests. He went simply to the shepherds in the fields. Now those shepherds that night had no idea in the world as they settled down for the evening to watch over their sheep that what was about to happen would not only change their lives but would change the lives of millions the world over ever since. We have no understanding today of just how demeaning the job of a shepherd was in Bible days. The scribes and the Pharisees considered it to be unclean. They were not allowed to go into the temple to worship. A shepherd was not allowed to go to court and testify on behalf of someone because they were considered unclean and untrustworthy. So it was a very demeaning job. They were looked down by their religious establishment, which is strange considering that Abraham and Moses and David were all shepherds. But by this time in Bible days, this is the way that was. But it was to these poor and lowly and humble shepherds that God chose to break the greatest news the world has ever heard. A heavenly host, an angelic choir, interrupted their night shift I used to work night shifts for years. And let me tell you, there was times you had a wish for an angelic choir or a heavenly host to interrupt it. It was the most boring job you had ever worked on in all of your life. And so here was these ordinary men and suddenly they saw and they heard extraordinary things. Divine interruptions often happen in the lives of just ordinary people. Samuel was just a little boy. Just an ordinary little boy working in the temple. But one night God spoke to him three times and gave him a prophetic message that would shake the nation of Israel, that would end the priesthood of Eli and his sons. Just a little boy. David was just a shepherd boy. And when he came to the valley of Elah that day, his father sent him with 
sandwiches to feed his brothers who were in Saul's army. And he came to see them and to see the battle. The trouble was there was no battle because the Philistines had a champion, Goliath of Gath, a monster of a man. And for 40 days he shook his fist at God's people and God's people were frightened. And not one in Saul's army was fit and willing to take on this giant until this little shepherd boy came and said, is there not a cause? Who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? And the rest is history, isn't it? Just a young boy. Isn't it interesting that none of Christ's disciples that he chose were rabbinically trained? None of them were scholars. None, has, none were lettered men. Some were fishermen, tax collector, paramilitary. What an odd bunch to choose. Just ordinary people. But God divinely interrupted their lives. And he changed them forever. Mary and Joseph, they were just ordinary people. Just ordinary. And they were quite poor. But God comes to them in an extraordinary way and uses them for his glory. Let me just read this verse in Second Kings. Second Kings chapter 8, verse 56. You don't need to turn to this. Blessed be the Lord who has given rest to his people Israel according to all that he has promised. There has not failed one word of all his good promise which he promised through his servant Moses. God uses ordinary people in extraordinary ways. The shepherds were just plain folk, but God used them. God always keeps his promises. We just read that verse together. He always keeps his promises. He exalts his word even above his name. Because a man's name is only as good as his word. And God is good to his word. That which he has promised, he is able also to perform. Let us look at Luke chapter 2 just for a moment. Verse 22, now when the days of her purification according to the law of Moses were completed, they brought him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord, as it is written in the law of the Lord. Every male who opens the womb shall be called holy to the Lord, and to offer a sacrifice according to what is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. And behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name is Simeon. And this man was just and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel. And the Holy Spirit was upon him. And it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. And so he came by the Spirit into the temple. 
And when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him according to the custom of the law, he took him up in his arms and he blessed God and said, Now, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared before the face of all peoples, a light to bring revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. And Joseph and his mother marveled at those things which were spoken of him. Then Simeon blessed them and said to Mary his mother, Behold, this child is destined for the fall and rising of many in Israel, and for a sign which will be spoken against. Yes, a sword will pierce through your own soul also, and the thoughts of many hearts may be revealed. God always keeps his promises. All the promises of God are yes and amen and him unto the glory of God by us. Let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering, for he is faithful who promised. God made Simeon a promise. And what a promise it was that he would not die until he had seen the Lord's Christ until he had seen Messiah, the consolation of Israel. Simon, Simeon, beg your pardon, was a godly man, a good man, but an ordinary man, but a man who spent much time seeking the Lord. A man, by the way, who was very much in touch and in tune with the Holy Spirit before Pentecost. A man who would go into the temple continually and study the scriptures. A man who would listen for the voice of the Holy Spirit speaking in his heart. This is the man that God chose to give this revelation and this vision to. And no doubt as he would go into the temple each day, he would wonder, could this be the day? Could this be the moment when I see the consolation of Israel? And one morning he got up out of his bed, like every other morning. But this morning he felt something in his heart. There was an impulse. There was a feeling. There was something different about that morning. And he would hasten his way to the temple. And I can imagine him going into the temple and looking all around, scanning because there would be many, many people there. And his eyes would scan around the temple, looking and looking and looking. And then suddenly, the Holy Spirit would say to him, that's the one. That's the child. There's the consolation of Israel. And he would be looking at this ordinary couple who were quite poor. All they could offer up was the least offering allowed by the law, a pair of turtle doves or a pair of pigeons. And they came from Galilee. They weren't sophisticated city people. They were country. They were rural people. And even their dress would show that. But when he saw that little child, when he saw that little babe in their arms, and when the Holy Spirit whispered in his heart, that's the one. He's the one. Now, can you imagine Mary and Joseph standing there? Maybe standing in line, maybe like many others, waiting for their child to be offered, for circumcision, for offering. Can you imagine 
Simeon coming over, this complete stranger. Never had saw him in their life before. And he would come over and he would say, excuse me, can I just hold your baby for a moment? <laughs> that must have been strange. But there was something godly and holy and good and righteous about this man. Something that would take any fear or anxiety away from them. And so they reached him, the Christ child. And he took that little babe in his arms and suddenly the Holy Spirit came upon him. They began to prophesy. And what a prophecy. What a word the Spirit gave him for that couple. I haven't time to go into it. That's a message on its own. Sometime we should do that some Christmas because I preach and everything else about Christmas. We should do all those prophetic messages that they got. What did they mean? This is a fantastic one. But here he is. After all those years of waiting and waiting and watching and watching and suddenly the promise comes true and he knew it and he said Lord it's enough you can take me home now I've seen the consolation of Israel the promise you made it's come true God's good to his word has he given you a promise He's still believing the promise. Maybe it was a long, long time ago. Keep holding on to his promises. God also is a rewarder of those that faithfully seek him. Again, in Luke chapter 2, just where we left off there. Tells us in verse 36. Now there was one, Anna, a prophetess, the daughter of Phanuel, of the tribe of Asher. She was of a great age and had lived with a husband seven years from her virginity. And this woman was a widow of about 84 years who did not depart from the temple but served God with fastings and prayers night and day. And coming in in that instant, she gave thanks to the Lord and spoke of him to all who looked for redemption in Jerusalem. Here is this old widow woman. But what a precious old saint. What a prayer warrior. Woman given to fasting and praying for all of those years, night and day. She lived more or less in the temple. She loved the house of God so much that she practically lived there. And night and day in the temple, she would pray and God would listen. And what a reward. What a blessing. After all of those years, after all of the sacrifices that she made, and I mean, she had been a widow for many, many, many years. And probably could have maybe, maybe had another life after her husband died. But this woman chose 
Instead, to devote our whole life, whatever would be left of it, to seeking the Lord in his temple. And God saw that. And he made sure he was going to reward such a one. She was a woman without question who would know the scriptures. She was a woman who would hear regularly the scriptures taught and no doubt she went to the synagogue as well. And I wonder, did Malachi 3 and 1, I wonder was this a scripture that she was very familiar with? Then suddenly the Lord you're seeking will come to his temple. The messenger of the covenant whom you desire will come, says the Lord Almighty. It's not by accident. It's by providence that Anna that day, at that exact moment in that day, walked in just when Simeon, whether she knew Simeon or not, I don't know. Whenever Simeon was holding the Christ child and prophesying, and her ears picked up, and she would rush over there, and she would see the Lord's Christ. What a moment. What a reward for her. And you know what she did immediately? She went out and she spread the news abroad that he would bring redemption has come. Do you know that she was the first woman to ever, ever publicly talk about the Messiah? The first woman. The shepherds did it. But she's the first woman ever to publicly announce the Messiah had come. What a privilege. What an honor. What a blessing. God is a rewarder of those who faithfully seek him. Maybe you've been praying for years. Maybe you even have been fasting quietly for years. Maybe you've been seeking the Lord and reading the Bible for years. Maybe specifically about something. Maybe not. Maybe just seeking the Lord. God will find a way to reward you for that. He sees that. And he's faithful. Deuteronomy 4.29 If you seek the Lord your God, you shall find him. And if you seek him with all of your heart and with all of your soul. Proverbs 8.17 I love them that love me. And those who seek me early shall find me. So keep on seeking the Lord. Keep on praying. Keep on reading the scriptures. Keep on being in the house of God. God rewards diligence and faithfulness. Christmas reminds us that God grants the very desires of our heart. In Luke chapter 1, where we began... Verse 5, there was in the days of Herod, the king of Judea, a certain priest named Zacharias of the division of Abiah. His wife was of the daughters of Aaron. Her name was Elizabeth. And they were both righteous before God, walking in all the commandments and ordinances of the Lord blameless. But they had no child because Elizabeth was barren. And they were both well advanced in years. 
So it was that while he was serving as priest before God in the order of his division, according to the custom of the priesthood, his lot fell to burn incense when he went into the temple of the Lord. And the whole multitude of the people was praying outside of the hour of incense. And then an angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing at the right hand of the altar of incense. And when Zacharias saw him, he was troubled and fear fell upon him. And the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zacharias, for your prayer is heard. And your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you shall call his name John. And you will have joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth. For he will be great in the sight of the Lord, and he shall drink neither wine nor strong drink. He will also be filled with the Holy Spirit, even from his mother's womb. And he will turn many of the children of Israel to the Lord their God. He will also go before him in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. And Zechariah said to the angel, How shall I know this? For I am an old man and my wife is well advanced in years. And the angel answered and said to him, I am Gabriel who stands in the presence of God and was sent to speak to you and bring you these glad tidings. But behold, you will be mute and not able to speak until the day these things take place because you did not believe my words which will be fulfilled in their own time. And the people waited for Zacharias and marveled that he lingered so long in the temple. But when he came out, he could not speak to them. And they perceived that he had seen a vision in the temple for he beckoned to them and remained speechless. And so it was as soon as the days of his service were completed that he departed to his own house Now after those days, his wife Elizabeth conceived and she hid herself five months saying, thus the Lord has dealt with me in the days when he looked on me to take away my reproach from among people. Here's a couple that served the Lord faithfully, that were blameless in the commandments of the Lord. But they had to wait so long to see the desires of their heart fulfilled. There's all kinds of lessons we can learn from these stories. I wonder how long they prayed. I'm sure every year that passed was like an eternity. And every year that passed, the desire of their heart seemed to be further and further away. And I'm sure there's times they were exasperated. And I'm sure there was times they were despondent. Will this ever happen? Can this ever happen? Zacharias was about one of 18,000 priests in Israel at that time. And because there were so many of them, they couldn't all serve in the temple at the same time. And even away back from the days of David, hundreds of years prior to this, David saw this, and so he divided the priesthood into 24 divisions or courses. And each division or course had to serve the Lord in the temple two one-week periods every year. That was the most they could do so that every one of them could get an opportunity. And you see here that Zacharias was of the 8th division and this was his time. This was one of his weeks when he had to serve. But to be fair to everybody, 
Then they drew lots to see which part each would play. And it just so happened, again in the providence of God, that the lot fell on him to serve at the golden altar of incense. Now you have to understand, this was a privilege beyond privilege. Priests could go through all of their lives and never get the opportunity to do what he's just doing here. Why? Because in the temple, same as in the tabernacle that was before, the holy place was where the golden altar of incense was, and then there was this thick veil, and behind that was the most holy place, or the holiest of holies. And that's the closest that any priest in Israel, should they serve a hundred years in the holy place, that's the closest they could ever get to the holiest of holies. They could not go past that curtain. Only the high priest, once every year, only he and he alone could go past into through that curtain to the holiest of holies. So you can begin to understand what a privilege this must have been. I mean, he's just inches away from the holiest of holies. That's the closest he's ever going to get in his whole life. And he's the only one at this moment can do this. And it's at that spot, at the golden altar of incense, where the angel appeared and gave him that message. And what a message it was. What an answer to prayer it was. What a fulfilling of the desire of his heart it was. And the sad thing was, after an angel appearing, after the angel appearing and giving him such a wonderful message, he didn't believe it. He didn't believe it. He was absolutely shocked beyond words. And the angel, in effect, says, you don't believe it? <laughs> you actually don't believe it? I'm paraphrasing now. Do you not realize who I am? Do you not know I stand in the very presence of God? Do you not understand that I have brought you this message from God himself to you, and you don't believe it? You're going to be struck dumb until this child is born. You'll believe it then, all right. I'm paraphrasing here. And that's exactly what happened, wasn't it? And then when the child was born, of course, naturally he would be called Zacharias. Zacharias the second, probably. But no. No. Elizabeth says, no, his name will be John. But there is no Johns in our family. His name will be John. And Zacharias got aboard and he wrote on it. His name is John. Suddenly his mouth is opened. His tongue is loosed. He begins to praise God. Zacharias, or Zechariah, as it's also known. You know what that name means? The Lord remembers. <laughs> and the Lord remembered him. And the Lord remembered her. This precious couple who loved God, whose deepest desire was for this child. And the Lord remembered. And he remembers the desires of our heart too. 
that whenever the desires of our heart are good and pure and righteous, and if they're in his will, that's the main thing, he will give us the desires of our heart. Let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we do not lose hope, if we do not faint. And then finally, Christmas reminds us that God can meet us in the emergencies of life. Luke 2 tells us just how poor Mary and Joseph were. Yes, he was a carpenter and probably a good carpenter. But they didn't have much. And so there was a great lack. But then there came a great emergency. Because Herod wanted to kill this little boy. Now he is maybe 18 months, maybe up to two years now. And Herod wanted to kill him. And God came and said, go to Egypt. But this is an emergency. What's he going to do in Egypt? He's a carpenter, he's got a trade, so no doubt he'll, he'll make chairs and tables for the Egyptians. But hard going to another country and just starting out from scratch. Some of you people in here, this morning, that's what you've done. You came to this country from the other side of the world. You started from scratch. It wasn't easy. In fact, sometimes we who live here forget how difficult that must be for you. But you did it. So here's an emergency for this young, poor couple. Flight into Egypt. Going to have to stay there to Herod dies. How long is that going to be? As long as a piece of string? You don't know. So what does God do? He brings wise men from the east. <laughs> hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of miles with gold, frankincense, and myrrh. All the provision they would ever need for the journey and for their stay in Egypt. All the gold they would ever need. All the provision that would help them through that emergency. And God gave it to them. And he brought somebody from halfway around the world to give it to them. God can find a way to meet the needs in an emergency that we don't even know about. Don't even know that. I've told this story a few times. Let me tell you again. One Christmas week, was the week before Christmas, Sunday before Christmas, Christmas later on that week, I stood on this platform wishing us all a Merry Christmas and everything was fine. And what you didn't know is we hadn't two pennies to rub together. We hadn't even enough to get each other a present or anybody else for that matter. Now I'm not crying boo-hoo here so don't get the violins out, all right? That was a rare thing, but it happened. And what I didn't know was when I went home that night, I got a call from a pastor way up in New York, way up near New York. He said, David, he says, our service uh, this morning, he said, uh, 
we're thinking about you. And I really felt impressed that we should send you something just, just for you and your wife for Christmas. <laughs> and they sent us a check for $1,000. <laughs> Isn't that good? See, God, God finds a way of meeting the need, whatever way that may be. Should it be somebody on the other side of the world? Should it be wise men coming from the east? And suddenly, the need is met. God grants us the desires of our heart. God meets us in emergencies of life. God has rewarded those who faithfully seek him. God uses ordinary people, and God always keeps his promises. Amen? Amen. Christmas story is wonderful, isn't it? It is wonderful. It's so encouraging. There's something in it for every one of us. And God willing, tonight, I'll give you another bit of it. After 35 years of preaching about Christmas, I'm almost preached out about Christmas. <laughs> I think next Christmas I'm going to let some of these other boys preach about Christmas, and you'll maybe get some fresh stuff, eh? <laughs> but we have some stuff tonight to give you as well. Thank you for listening to this podcast. You can also watch the Sermon of the Month video at youtube.com forward slash Moira Pentecostal or even download the sermon video through our iTunes video podcast. For more information, visit us at www.mpc.org.uk.